To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Board housewives, so they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is sour. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like you know look at that dude he's got a hernia shaped like a bag of pretzels that he just you're ate. going to Thailand you're going to smash some dude going over there for guy time but it's not with his buddies what does it say on the bottle well if it says that on the bottle why did you put it on your head all these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f- D. Too much. That's who we're I going sound like for Bill Maher. Really, John? Really? really? We can't do this anymore, Auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. It's almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f- yourself. JHairPositiveSarcasm.com recorded here from Jazzy Spare Parts Studio. Why the fuck did I say that? Anyways, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Hit me up through my social medias if you want, or just email me directly like an old son of a bitch. Positive sarcasm at Outlook.com. You can go to my website, PositiveSarcasm.com. Check out all my information there, my new music reaction stuff. I just dropped another one. Finally, took me long enough. Took me long enough. Oh, did you get the paper, dear? Um, I did uh, Limp Biscuits, The Truth. I don't know. I love that song. I love it. I love it. Just, I haven't, I've been so freaking busy. I haven't had a chance to, okay, I put this jazz music on here for a reason to kind of calm myself down, put me in a, a more smooth mood so let me just try to let me let it let me let it breathe so i have been really busy from the moment i go wake up to the moment i go i I always am but it's been even tougher lately um so i was only able to do one one music reaction video this week maybe i'll do another one maybe i won't but i did put out another one so if you are into music reactions and stuff like that you can go to positive sarcasm reactions on YouTube. Go ahead and check that one out. Thank you all the new subscribers and all the the latest comments and stuff like that. Uh, If you want to support that page, this page, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, or the original concept, Positive Sarcasm, you can just simply go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Really, seriously. Seriously, guys. Um, PositiveSarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. You can also check out the Weeble app. I have the affiliate link in my contact section. Click on that and you'll when you sign up completely and deposit, you'll get free stocks. Seriously, you get free stocks. And I'll get free stocks as well. And there you go. There you have it. Haven't spent a dime on me. Not many people do. <laughs> Anyways, you can hit me up on there. Go to my website, positivesarcasm.com. Check out all my information, all my other stuff. My posing music for all you bodybuilders from here to New Zealand. Check out all my latest reactions. Check out all my shit. Do it. Do it. But I have been busy. Which is kind of good. Better than not doing anything at all. But I had an interesting... It was last week. So, um, after the... I mean, I did the whole non-profit thing. That was, that was fun. It was a nice time. A little emotional for me. So, I'm heading back. I'm on my way to Portsmouth. And I'm, run, I'm going up like Route something or other. Route 4 towards... In, in the middle of this town called Lee. Nice little town. And... Prices are going up. Jesus Christ. I'm in a little SUV, and on the side of the road, I see this little thing just kind of going up the street. I don't know if it's like a hedgehog, I, which I don't know. Those They don't move very fast. I don't know what the fuck it is. And I'm coming up on it pretty quick, and there's a lot of cars moving in both directions. It's a single lane road. Everybody's doing like almost 60 miles per hour. And this thing is just scooting on the side of the road. I get closer. Within a matter of seconds, I realize, holy shit, that's a dachshund. And he is booking it up the street. No owner, no leash, nothing. Just booking it. And I and he is a... So I slow down super fast, turn off, I get into the breakdown lane, and as soon as I hit the brakes, he runs in front of me. Runs in front of me, I stop the car, I get out, 
out of the driver's side, go around the other side of the car. He books it back to the back of my car and then runs into the middle of the road in front of a Honda CRV. And then back on to the breakdown lane. I stop that car, and behind me, I see some barber-looking dude all of a sudden, out of nowhere, start trying to catch the dog as well. So I run across the other side of the road where the dog isn't. The barber decides to stay on that side of the road. We're both chucking it after this fucking dog, and it's Oddly enough, oddly enough, this thing is pacing us. It is pacing us. We're, um, well, first of all, we're in a light jog. It's like, that's eh, a dachshund. We can catch up with it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Think again, dude. This thing is booking it. This fat little shit is going full tilt down the road, busy afternoon. And we're like, all right, we actually got to put on our freaking Hussein Bolts and get after this thing, and it's just hauling ass. It runs by every other car. We're stopping traffic both ways, left and right, because we don't want this dog to get all uh, fucking chopped up, because it was. It was, it was, this dog was gonna die. This dog was uh, two seconds away from being hit. So we're chasing it down the road, on the, thankfully in the breakdown lane. It goes by uh, an ambulance. They don't get out at all. Finally, about like a quarter of a mile down the road, somebody in their Subarus gets out and corners the dog. The dog stops. I come across from the other side of the road. She picks the dog up. I come across. She hands the dog off to me. And he's terrified. But he finally he lays down on the ground and then I just gently pick him up. He is the sweetest guy. So he was shaking, obviously. It was kind of scary because, I mean, this guy really, this little dude, huge dick, by the way, huge dick. Um, just thought I'd throw that out there. I mean, I mean, I saw it, so why leave it out of the story? So I pick him up. He's a little terrified, but I'm like, it's all right, buddy. I got him. I'm like, I'm not letting him go anywhere. I'm petting his head and getting little doggy kisses and stuff like that. I'm like, Who's a good boy? So looking at his tags. See, his name is Rigby, and I'm looking for any phone numbers or anything like that. And on the other side, generally, hey, buddy, you want to be part of the story too? Yeah, you do. So I'm looking on the other side of his tag that says Rigby, and it's all, it's all, you know, wiped out. There's no information on there. So there's a hospital number apparently where he had some work done, but... I called them. They don't answer. So I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? I'm going to take this dog with me. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm going to take this dog with me and see, just hold on to it. Hold on to it until it finds the owner or until nobody shows up for the dog and I'm going to have to take this thing home with me. So I call the police department and I'm like, yo, uh, I got this pupper here. His name is Rigby. He's got no owner information on him. I'm not leaving this dog behind. What do you want to do? So they come. They check him out. They say, we'll call you when uh, when we find out who the owner is. We generally have the information. We can run it, and it's no problem whatsoever. But before, it, it did all work out. Thankfully, it did all work out. Like, the owner did find him. But before he took off, I took some... Uh, you know, some little pictures of the guy, because, you know, why not? When you're in a car, you might as well take some pictures. So, this was little Rigby. He's a little sweetie. He was about nine years old. He had a, he had some fleas going on. But he was a cute little guy. I mean, look at that face. Look at that face. If you're listening to the podcast, go and check out my website. Uh, go to my YouTube channel, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. I'm just showing you pictures of Rigby. He was a really sweet guy. He once, once he realized that I wasn't there to hurt him or anything like that, he just kind of hung out and stayed right with me and rested until the police showed up, and then I handed him off. I really, I kind of, I'll be honest, I kind of didn't want to give him back. I kind of didn't. I kind of would be like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm bringing him home. Him and Chase are going to be best friends. But um, he did. He, he's, he's back with his owners and safe, and it was... It was a little tough, 
it was a little tough because I knew that you know if I wasn't there, um, it was it was gonna be bad because I saw I mean he was he ran in front of like a fucking Corvette and he was about to be a hood ornament on that thing because they run so low and it was it was nerve wracking it really really was nerve wracking so he's home safe and stuff like that so I got I got the satisfaction of knowing that the owner who had no idea that the dog was gone. No idea how the dog got out. And this dog is running on the... Sprinting ass up the breakdown lane in the middle of midday traffic. And it's just like, oh, what do you do? You got a good Samaritan. You have to get out of your car. You've got to chase this little shit down. So, shout out to Rigby. I hope you're rested. I hope you're happy. I hope you got your exercise, your cardio in. Uh, on the way back, though, I did see a cute fucking... I saw I was I was sitting at the red light. I was about to turn left. Right before the light turned green, I I caught a photo of this dog with uh with goggles on and uh just got a quick picture of it real quick, but it shit it just makes me laugh. I don't know, I just I love stuff like that. It it puts a smile on my face, it makes other people laugh, you get a kick out of it. It's like when I'm in my convertible and the roof is down and people see the car but they see the dog when the dog picks his head up. Because sometimes Chase likes to sleep in the. Um, you can come up, buddy. You can come up. Sometimes he likes to, he he just rests and you don't really see him in the passenger seat. And then all of a sudden at the stop sign, he'll sit upright and he just his head kind of pops up out of nowhere, and people love it and they get they get a really good kick out of him. And he has he's kind of sniffing the air because he's a plot hound. That's what they do, and it's really an enjoyable it's an enjoyable time just kind of doing that. But. As I was cruising down the road and about to get on the highway, back on the highway, I saw this guy here with his silly-ass goggles on. Because dogs, some dogs don't like the wind in their eyes. So if you put goggles on them, they tend to do really well, and they want to stick their heads out the window. So it's a ton of fun. So shout-out to Rigby. Shout-out to, uh, you know, Dog Von Wolfenstein here, Baron Von Dogenstein. And, uh, yeah, so there you have it. Those are my opening quotes. So I figured that... Uh, Keep, maybe keep it light this week. Maybe. Once we get to Q&A, all, all bets are off. But since um, since we're on dogs, I figured I would do... This is from Reader's Digest, courtesy of Juliana LaBianca uh, from July 26th. She talks about... So you guys... <coughs> you guys know that my pupper is a brindle. Brindle is a very interesting color, but we'll read about it in a second. Since he's Brindle, I figured I'd get you a little more accustomed to the idea of Brindle dogs and the certain breeds that have Brindle dogs. So, Reader's Digest, Juliana Blabianca, and she does a nice little article about it. And I, you guys know I love freaking dogs, so I figured since I got a, I got a beautiful Brindle, I was also at Campton Thornton Fire Department, and they have a beautiful um, boxer lab or plot hound lab. Um, Brindle, and uh, a, a woman I know, Brina, also has a Brindle boxer too, which is she's super sweet. She's one of those dogs that like taps you on the head. Um, but I love, Br yeah, I love that color Brindle. So let's just kind of read about it since I have the thingy open. Hold on, let me get a swig of this awesomeness. Franny. Mm. All right. Sometimes called tiger stripe dogs. These brindle breeds have some of the most uniquely colored coats in all of Animal Kingdom. A dog's coat is one of the most striking features. There are several colored white dogs and black dogs, multicolored dogs, including these black and white dogs, and perhaps some less known dog, less well-known brindle dogs. Sometimes described as a tiger-striped dog, brindle pups have the subtly striped pattern that can come in a range of colors such as red, fawn, brown, silver, and black. Unlike more distinctive stripes, the black ones are harder to see. Unlike more distinct stripes, such as the ones you might see on a zebra, brindle stripes are more blended and sometimes blotchy. A brindle colors dog's stripes and base colors don't vary much in hue. Usually they have dark stripes and a base color that is somewhat light, only somewhat lighter. When these are light colored stripes on a darker coat, it's called reverse brindle. In certain, uh, these striped dogs can have the brindle pattern all over their bodies or just in certain spots. Interestingly, interestingly, brindle coats can appear on the other types of animals as well, including cats, guinea pigs, cattle, and horses. <laughs> um, why are some dogs brindle? 
A dog's genetics determines if it will have a brindle coat. To be brindle, a dog must carry the brindle gene, like the ginger gene. Um, and only certain breeds do. However, the brindle gene is recessive to the black-colored gene, which means that many dogs that carry the gene will be black or multicolored. Similar to blue-eyed dogs and dogs with green eyes, similar ch sim simply choosing a dog breed that carries the brindle gene doesn't guarantee that your dog will have a brindle coat. It just means that there's a possibility it will. Additionally, uh, mixed breeds and mutts can also carry the brindle gene. A brindle coat can develop as your dog ages, and so, uh, and so a solid colored pup could develop stripes as it gets older. We still recording? Good. All right, making sure. While brindle coat can certainly make your pup stand out from the crowd, it won't change his personality. Before adopting a pup, you'll want to make sure the breed's general character and temperament suit your lifestyle. Ahead, find the cutest dogs that carry the brindle gene. Looking for new... Okay, so these are the best dog breeds for families. Number one, oh my god, look at that face. Boxer. Brindle boxers are fairly common. In fact, brindle is one of three colors recognized by the American Kennel Club, AKC, as a breed standard. The two other two colors are fawn and white. Adorably, these pups often have white feet and bellies, even if their coats are primarily brindle. Frequently used as cattle dogs, police dogs, guide dogs, and watchdogs, boxers are playful, loyal, and patient with children. Most years, they even make it into the AKC's list of the top 10 most popular dog breeds. Yeah, boxers can be fun. They can also be super destructive. So make sure that you uh, train your boxer well because they're hyper energetic and they will eat everything, especially at a young age. Number two, French Bulldog. The American can't... The American... The American Kennel Club uh, recognizes these playful pups in nine color patterns. We're talking about the French Bulldog, including Brindle. Some Frenchies, Frenchies also have cream brindles or fawn brindle. Quote, quotes, coats, coats. Originally made popular by society ladies in Paris. Paris. What the fuck is wrong with me today? As the quintessential city dogs, these flat-faced pups are currently the most popular dog breed in the United States. They're known for their oversized bat ears and charming, adaptable personalities. Number three. The Greyhound. A Greyhound is guaranteed to outrun all the other pups at the park. These graceful hounds have coats in various shades of brindle, including blue, brindle, red, brindle, white, and blue, brindle, and white and red brindle. Originally bred as hunting dogs in Egypt, this quick-footed breed can still be found on racetracks around the world today, or in soups and stews in certain parts of China. They have a reputation for being gentle and independent. And while they're perfectly happy lounging at home or during the day, they regularly and uh, they require the regularly out opportunity. Wait, they require the regular opportunity to run full out. After all, they are the fastest dog breed in the world. Um, is that true? I know there may be one or two that may be faster than them. Let's just say greyhounds are pretty goddamn fast. Number four, the Whippet, another speedy dog. The Whippet lives up to its name, similar to the greyhound. These dogs have an, in an inverted S shape and trim waist. They're affectionate, playful, and calm, and do just as well with a large backyard as they do in the city, although they will need adequate exercise. True. An interesting fact, question mark? This breed, this breed bar rarely barks. You can find whippets with blue brindle, fawn brindle, red brindle, and black brindle coats. I do like brindle. It's a nice color. My buddy's got a, my, my pupper's got a freaking awesome color. Number five is a Dutch Shepherd. Ooh. I don't know. He looks deceptive. Dutch Shepherd, often seen in a gold brindle and silver brindle. These intelligent brindle pups are frequently used as police dogs, search and rescue puppers, and guide dogs. They are known for their athleticism, independence, and lively personalities. In addition to two brindle colors, Dutch Shepherds can also have three different coat types. Short hair, long hair, and rough hair. Rough-haired Dutch Shepherd's coats are so curly that the brindle pattern is easily hidden. Number six, Great Dane. Great Danes. These gentle giants have coats in an array of colors and patterns from black and white to fawn and brindle. But obviously, the Great Dane's most noticeable characteristic is its size. Yeah, they're fucking big. Standing up to 32 inches tall, that's what she said, 
and weighing up to 175 pounds. Their sizable pups, one of the world's biggest dog breeds, tower over most other dogs. Great Danes are friendly, dependable, and great with kids. They also make a formidable watchdog. Their size alone will determine will deter most intruders. They they can be a bit barky though. Great Danes, when poorly trained or poorly raised, can be of a bit of a pain in the ass. Number seven, ooh, the Akita. The Akita is one of the fluffiest brindle-colored dogs. Originally bred as hunting dogs in Japan, these pups hold a special place in Japanese culture. When a child is born, the parents will often receive a small Akita statue to signify health, happiness, and long life. Helen Keller <laughs> is credited with bringing the first Akita to the United States. The disabilities rights activist received a pup as a gift while visiting Japan. These muscular dogs are loyal, dignified, and somewhat wary of strangers and other animals. Oh, oh yeah, Walker boy! Mm. Number eight, Jack Russell Terrier. Brindle coats are. Uh, let me keep this thing in. Brindle coats are slightly more rare in Jack Russell Terriers than other brindle breeds, but when they do occur, but when you do. But when they do, they're beautiful. The terrier is somewhat brindle in the face and uh, with white colorings on the remainder of their bodies. Intelligent and agile, these cuties make com great companions and for, for jogs, hikes, obedience activities. Seriously, they learn a new trick every day if you taught them. Here, uh, they are cuties. Yeah, Jack Russell Terriers are known as one of the smartest dogs on the planet. There's no denying that. Okay. Number nine, the American Staffordshire Terrier, also referred to as a pit bull. American Staffordshire Terriers have glossy, short-haired coats that are seen in a range of colors. What are you doing, Chase? Fucking silly pupper. Uh, such as black, white, bronze, fawn, red, and brindle. They're also seen with many different patterns, from patches and spots to face masks. These muscular, sturdy dogs are known for their confident and good-natured personalities. Adopt one, and he'll have a friend till the end. Speaking of friends to the end, you want to come up? Come on. Come on up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Oh, you're a good boy. Huh? Huh? You know I'm kind of talking about you. I mean, you're kind of... You're kind of the reason that uh, I'm, ta I'm doing this on the podcast. Talking about Brindle Puppers, buddy. Anyways, and are you a American Staffordshire Terrier? Actually, you technically are. You are half Staffordshire Terrier and half North Carolina Plothound. Right. That's what you are. And you're beautiful. You're a silly bitch. Anyways, uh, so that's the Staffordshire Terrier. Number 10, the Dachshund. Like the one I was chasing. You know these pups from their short stature and floppy ears, but did you know about their coats? Dachshunds are found in a variety of colors and combinations from black and cream, ooh, that sounds tasty, and black and tan, to blue and blue cream, blue and cream, and chocolate and cream. They're also frequently seen in a brindle pattern. Dachshunds are spunky, curious pups and require moderate amounts of exercise to keep their adorably long backs strong and healthy. Not to mention they're one of the cutest dog breeds with short legs. They are pretty cute. Not gonna lie, it was hard. Like if I wanted to, when I originally wanted a dog, I wanted either a cocker spaniel or a dachshund. I wanted a dachshund so freaking bad, and they live a really long time. If you take care of them, they're they. I mean, they live. Some of them live up like 25 years. It's like how is that possible? There are freaking musicians out there that haven't made it 25 years. But yeah, number 10 dachshund. It's a really pretty one. Uh, number 11. Ooh, the cane corso. These things are brick shit houses. If we had to choose one word to describe the cane corso, it would be it'd be majestic. At nearly 28 inches tall and weighing more than 100 pounds, this working group brindle dog is an intimidating protector. This Italian dog's name, Gabagool, roughly, roughly translates to bodyguard dog in Latin. These dogs are smart, loyal, and eager to please, although their assertive nature makes them a no-go for novice owners. They're most frequently seen with black brindle... With black, with black, black brindle, and chestnut brindle coats. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them with their owners, and they're they're no joke. They're quite the big pupper. Mm. Actually, I think that movie Turner and Hooch, that was a 
Cain Corso, if I'm not mistaken. That's number 11. Uh, uh, oh, uh, okay, number 12. <laughs> Bull Mastiff. Look at that face. I just want to fucking bite it. Another gentle giant breed. Bull Mastiffs are the result of Bulldog and Mastiff crosses. Members of the working group, these muscular pups uh, were originally used to pursue and hold poachers in England. Today, they're known for their affectionate, loyal, and courageous personalities. They have various color brindle coats, including fawn brindle, red brindle, and red fawn brindle. Oh, look at this guy! Number 13, a bull terrier. My buddy Rick's got a bull terrier uh, named Oi. And he is, he's a sweetie pie. He's, he's got no ill, no ill will towards anybody. He's just super nice. He breaks up fights between dogs. He's incredibly welcoming into the house. And he's just a great dog. And uh, apparently they come with brindle coats too. Um, they got strong noses too. So bull terrier. The bull terrier's most notable feature is its head, with the which the AKC lovingly calls egg-shaped. These big-boned pups are playful and charming. In the mid-1800s, they were a breed of choice among stylish young gentlemen in Britain. You can find bull terriers in a range of colors and patterns, including black brindle and white with brindle black spots. Their coats are short and coarse with a slight glossy, slight glossy, slight glossy sheen. Oh, there he is. The Plot Hound. Number 14. The Plot Hound is named after the man who bred them, a German immigrant, Hochstollen, named Johannes Plot, who raised the dogs in North Carolina. So, the German guy, but he raised them in North Carolina. They're descended from the German Hanover Hounds and were bred to hunt large game animals, large animal game animals such as bear and wild boar. The German dog breed comes in a range of brindles colors, including black brindle, blue brindle, brown brindle, gray brindle, red brindle, and more. Plotties are loyal, alert, and intelligent, and have lots of energy to spare. Because of their history, they're also North Carolina's official state dog. Look at that, sweetie pie. So, I, yeah, so according to these things, they, are, um, they have lots of energy. So I try to, at least every other day have Chase, well, every morning and every afternoon he gets his walk. And then uh, I get, when he wants to, like, play stick or throw around or go full sprint, I make sure that he gets all that energy out of him. He gets his aggression out when we play with the stick or tug of war. He gets his energy, he gets his speed and stretches out when he goes for hard runs or when he goes for hikes. It's good to get that energy out of a dog so it's not, like, projected on new people who just meet him for the first time or for kids who just want to pet him or something like that it's just it's good to get that energy out of them because exercise is good for them and especially a plot hound which is one of those hunting type dogs but they are super loyal they're definitely alert definitely alert and they have a hound bark um and they are actually pretty smart but they're also their intelligence is attached to their emotions and they do have a lot of emotion and they show it on their faces uh so they have a lot of energy to spare for sure but you can easily tire these dogs out. But they are majestic. They have a majestic look that you would find on, like, a pastel painting. Which is why I love them so much. Because they truly look like the dog of dogs. Um, mine, of course, also has that pit bull head. So, when you put the Staffordshire Terrier and the Plot Hound together, and you get that brindle color, you get something truly beautiful. And that's why I'm, I'm blessed to have Chase so much. Because he truly has some of the greatest features that a, a dog could have. And, you know, that an owner can appreciate. But finally, number 15. The Cardigan Welsh Corgi. Did you know Corgis are short for a reason? Originally bred as herders, the Corgis' low-to-the-ground stature allows them to nip at the heels of cattle without getting kicked. However, while they are bred to work hard, they also make affectionate and loyal companion dogs. Sometimes seen in brindle and white, the Cardigan Welsh Corgi has, has pointy ears, long body, and a deep chest. And unlike the Pembroke Corgi, these guys have tails. I've never met a Corgi that was affectionate. Never. I met two Corgis in Northampton. They were both assholes. And I met another Corgi that all they did was bark and growl and wanted to bite. I've never met a nice Corgi. I wouldn't mind making friends with a Corgi. I also don't want to get bit. The last time I actually got bit by a dog was a fucking bulldog in Manchester. Um, 
But then again, I stuck my hand through the cage, but he had no problem biting me. I'm like, who's a good boy? And that was the end of that. I'm like, all right, we're good here. Um, it wasn't a hard chomp, but it was a chomp that broke the skin. So I didn't say nothing. I just said, well, I stuck my hand through the skin. Well, guess the end of that. And I just kind of walked away. I was like, yep, I'm a fucking idiot. So there's that. Um, so if you see Brindle, it is a very, it is a very beautiful color. Now, let's go ahead. I wanted to actually Google something really quick. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about here. Um, I mean, yeah, I can show you my dog, but when you take a plot hound, uh, plot hound, and plot hound, staff, terrier, mix, you'll get, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. That's the dog you get. Look at that fucking face. That's the dog you get. That's what you that's you get chase. So there's another one. There's an I mean, look. You when you put those two together, these that's that's Chase. These are all him. <laughs> God, it's just it's so cute. I'd want like I'd want like ten of them. They're so freaking cute. I mean look at these guys. They got the sweetest faces. Ooh, you're good puppy. I love it. I you know, I, I just, I fucking love dogs so much. Look at that. Look at that. So, yeah, um, if you are, a, if you do get a chance to get, like, a, a, a truly rich colored, uh, brindle dog, there is something real, people really do appreciate that color for some reason. And they are amazing. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw, I, I saw that article and, I know there's a lot of crazy other stuff going on right now that, but I was like, let me just keep it light for this week since it's been such a hard week. That uh, yeah, maybe do some dog articles. But this one caught my eye, and I kind of wanted to do an ode to uh, ode to dogs this week. So the uh, that, but that's the plot hound terrier mix. And once again, that article is from what the hell's her name? Juliana Julia Gulia Juliana LaBianca. Juliana LaBianca on Reader's Digest. So shout out to Juliana for the uh, informative article. We'll go ahead and we'll move on. We'll do a few, a full Q&A session for this week's podcast. And then we'll happily close up shop. And of course, if you want to support this podcast, you want to support the music reaction page, you want to support anything, anything PS related, you just go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any and all amounts are accepted and appreciated. Thank you so much for all the new subscribers, listeners, watchers. Uh, the YouTube podcast is doing terrible, but the audio version is doing fine. And the music reaction page is killing it right now. So I'm just going to keep the party going. But let's go ahead and get some full Q&A, and then as soon as we're done with Q&A, we'll close up shop for today. Simple and sweet. All right. And another dog thing. Was I a jerk for asking my girlfriend to put on clothes in front of her dog? My 33-year-old, uh, my 33-year-old male girlfriend. Wait, what? Hold on a second. This guy's a fucking idiot. Whatever. He's a 33-year-old male. His girlfriend is 30. She hates clothes to the point where she has actively researched nudist colonies. And if it has, if it wasn't for having to occasionally go into the office, she would have moved there long before she met me. Well, maybe she should, because you sound like a dick already. So she's always naked around the house, which for me, it's hella nice. She's got a rockin' bod. The issue is her two-year-old dog. The dog is a super cute and fluffy Great Pyrenees. Very well trained, 10 out of 10, a good girl. My girlfriend was there when her friend brought the heavily pregnant mom home from the pound. Was there at the birth and fell in love immediately. She sees that, she sees that dog as the closest thing she'll ever have to a kid due to medical issues. That sucks. However, my girlfriend is just always naked at home playing with the dog. Naked. Cuddling on the couch? Naked. She keeps a slip dress by the door for walks, but otherwise, naked. And it's weird, right? I tried to be subtle, but finally the other day I sat down with her and pointed out that, yes, she's trained the dog to not sniff human butts, but it's still some, like something out of an illegal adult movie for her to be naked with an animal all the time. Wow, she got pissed and asked me to leave. I tried to talk sense into her, but she wasn't listening to it. I finally left her house, and once I got back to my apartment, I tried texting one of her friends, but she blew up at me saying I was an ass. My girlfriend is now radio silent. Am I the asshole here? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. You you screwed up, dude. You you know, it's You understood your girlfriend's lifestyle. This is who she was from the very beginning. You understood that, and by continuing to be with her, you accepted it. All right? And you were like, it's weird, right? And then you tried to be subtle. Well, she didn't change her ways. You, I get it. You brought it to her. I don't know why it was bothering you so much. I don't understand why this is a problem. And for you, it was. Look, the only thing you should do at this point is just apologize. If this isn't going to work for you, if this girl walking around naked in your apartment thing is not going to well, her apartment is not going to work for you, well, then the relationship's not going to work, and you just need to say you're sorry and call it a day. But if I'm, if you want me to take sides, I'm going to take her side because she was at her apartment. It's her dog. It's her choice. And she doesn't want to wear clothes in her apartment. But if that's the only, if, if she's having company over and she has clothes on, okay. If she's walking the dog, she has clothes on, okay. If she's going out to dinner with you and she has clothes on, okay. But if she's in the privacy of her own place and she's not bothering anybody and she just wants to be naked, well, then what's the discussion here? What are we talking about? Why are you... Why did... You should have known that when you brought this up that shit was going to collapse. Obviously, when somebody is so passionate about something and you try to budge your shit into that, you're trying to get your way. You're trying to put control in the situation. Dude, you just should have shut the fuck up. You had it made. And once again, you choose to just screw it up. And yeah, you, you fucked up. Because now you've offended her to her dermal, epidermal core. And you shouldn't have done that. And guess what? Now she's going to be walking around, and another guy's going to be in the house. And guess what? You lost the dog too, fuckhead. So congratulations. No fur and no girl. Good job. Stupid. Let's move on to the next one. Am I really obligated to split my inheritance with my brother after my parents wrote him out of their out of their wills for being bisexual? Whew. All right, well, let's dive in. My parents had three children. My sister, Valerie. Valerie! Then my brother... Good song, by the way. Then my brother, Jack. And then I came along as a surprise when Valerie was 15 and Jack was 12. We all turned into very progressive liberals. <laughs> Okay. Which was a constant disappointment to our very conservative parents. Jack, whom they never could accept as bisexual, got the worst of it. They were fine as long as he dated women. But when he married a man, they cut him off and refused to even speak of him. Speak of him. Valerie and I have remained in close touch with Jack, his husband, and their adopted son. Okay, so he's gay. Alright, moving on. Our parents both passed away a few weeks apart in 2020, and their estate is in the process of being settled. They cut Jack out entirely and left everything 50-50 to Valerie and me. Jack has not said a word about this, but Valerie, who is the executrix, is the executrix, executrice, whatever, she's the heavy, hit, she's the hit heavy hitter, has been putting increasing pressure on me to gift a third of my share to Jack. She plans to do the same so that each of us would end up with a third of the estate. Jack and his husband get by financially, but his husband has chronic health problems, and their son, who is now 14, has autism. Ooh. While semi-high-functioning, kind of like me, he is unlikely to be able to hold down a job that will fully support him. I fully agree that it was wrong of our parents to cut Jack out, of, out because of who he is, but they did what they did, and giving up a large chunk of her inheritance is much easier for Valerie, who has both a high-paying career and a similarly high-earnings husband, and has never wanted kids. My fiancé and I, on the other hand, also just get by, and we have planned to have two or three kids ourselves. Valerie has flat out told me that if I choose not to divide my share with Jack, I am lending my support to our parents' bigotry and don't deserve to call myself a progressive. Do you fully agree, or do I uh moral right to keep my hair? All right. Well, okay. Look. Right now, financially, everybody is getting their shit pushed in. Well, not everybody, okay. 
federal government could use a fucking beating, that's for sure. The thing is, I understand you need your amount to get by. But it's kind of a dick move by your parents who were set in their ways. Okay, fine. But the whole progressive thing, don't forget about the progressive labeling. I, 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 I don't want to hear about that shit. We're just talking about being a decent person, okay? If I was in your shoes and I needed my shit to just get by, whatever that means, okay, maybe a third, maybe a third may be too much for you. Maybe you do need this money. But it's not your money. Well, it is technically your money. But you didn't earn it. So maybe you can't give up a third. Maybe you can give up, uh, uh, you know, half of that third. Be like, and I'm sure Valerie would be okay with that. Be like, listen, I, I need this money, but at the same time, it's also not necessarily all my money. Jack deserves to have it, and if you give a third and I give, you know, this amount, a, a good amount, then would that be acceptable? Because you're right. This is proper. You should... I mean, worst case scenario, yeah, a third, a third is a third. And yeah, do your part. But you can't just say, no, Jack doesn't get anything. See, here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. If Jack just was decided he didn't want to talk to the family at all, and then your parents die, and they cut him out of the will because he just went off and did his own thing and didn't talk to the family, well, then Jack's out. Jack doesn't get anything. That's not your problem. But in this situation, it wasn't Jack's decision to cut himself out of the family, to be cut out of the family. Your parents did that. Your parents didn't like that he liked dudes and chose to marry a dude. That's his, whatever, that's his choice. And his choice doesn't really hurt anybody. So, but they cut him out of the will. Well, I would think if there's enough money to go around to Valerie and to you, then I think at least you should be giving 20% of your cut to Jack. That's what a good brother would do. That's what a good, and that's what a good sister is doing. So, you better put up. Otherwise, you're just an asshole. There's nothing wrong. You don't have any problems. You're just, you want to plan to have kids. Okay. Well, he already has a kid. And he is your brother. So, look out for him. And do your part. But, do you have a, a right to keep your full inheritance? This isn't a right. You don't deserve any of it. It's just... It's just there. It's it's a, a bonus of life that happened because of two people's deaths. So, fucking cough up a little cash, bro. I understand that maybe you have to pay taxes on some of it, which I totally understand. But after that, give a little love. So, um, alright, let's go on to the next one. Was I wrong to go to work when I had a cold sore? It is unprofessional to go to work with... Is it unprofessional to go to work with active cold sores on your face? I occasionally get them and have never considered it to be a big deal until recently when someone at work comment on it, commented on it. Last week, I had a cold sore in the middle of my lower lip. It wasn't very big. I had worse ones and gone to work and nobody ever said anything. But this time, an older lady who works on the floor pulled me aside and told me off... Told me off for coming to work in such a professional unprofessional state she had the most disgusted look on her face and made me feel terrible this woman is new to our workplace and not someone i work closely with and even though she is a manager that she isn't my manager oh i just lost my spot isn't my manager and therefore has no real authority over me but there is an expectation of where i work with the junior staff like me will show respect to more senior staff like her and follow any reasonable requests or instructions Who's to say that this was a reasonable request or a reasonable instruction or being a reasonable human being? At the time, I was so shocked by her comment that I didn't know how to respond. So I kind of just mumbled a half-hearted apology and rushed off to the bathroom where I cried a little bit. (laughs) And rushed off to the bathroom, mostly because she caught me so off guard and her attitude made me feel so dirty and ashamed. Later that week, at my regular catch-up with my manager, I mentioned the incident to her. 
She replied that the other manager had spoken to her about my unprofessional behavior, but hadn't given her any details. My manager was kind about it and said that I'm generally super professional and a hard worker, but didn't really give me a straight answer about whether I did anything wrong. My best friend at work thinks that this woman is just a busybody and I should just ignore her. But my dad, whose opinion I respect, kind of agreed with this woman's opinion. He said I should have done more to cover up the cold sore in case of a customer, etc., and saw it and was offended. Noted, I work in an office and my customers are all internal staff. Did I do something wrong? What? That's... No, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is a person making a comment on your appearance. This is such douchebaggery on a typical office environment level. This is such bullshit. Fuck this broad. Oh, you have a cold sore. Shut up, bitch. You probably had far worse. You probably had chlamydia and didn't say anything about it. All right, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. You friggin', you had a cold sore. Okay, fine. Come to work. Do your fucking job. Whoop de do. I've had zits on my face. I've had, you know, whatever. And you just do your work. You do your job. Somebody comments. Somebody has the the gall to comment because you got a fucking open thing on your face. Whatever. It's not contagious. It's not contagious. Do, do your do your job. This woman has no right to say anything. And typically, this is an HR issue. You know? She's commenting on some, something that you have to deal with. And your manager is kind of not supporting you. you. You you know what? You work for a shit company. And you need to go work somewhere else. There's plenty of places hiring right now that are offering bonuses. Maybe you should take it up on them. And then on your way out the door, maybe you should file a harassment lawsuit. Why not? Go talk to a lawyer. Fuck it. Find out if that you're right. If if your rights have been violated because you had a cold sore on your face, and if that catch and if that is detrimental to your gig, like for example, you commented about it. If they commented, you're super professional. How is a cold sore make you unprofessional? Please explain that to me. If you have a little blemish on your face, but you're well dressed and your hair is did and you're showered and you don't smell like a camel's cock, I mean. How are you all of a sudden being unprofessional if maybe you have a cold sore? How? Please explain that to me. <coughs> and then maybe I'll back off. But other than that, it's it's not like you're coming on to it's not like you're coming into the office with the flu and coughing on somebody's fucking ramen noodles. It's a cold sore. It's harmless. And they're going to make comments on it? I would go and I would go and ask counsel if the, if your vi- rights have been violated because some dumb twat doesn't like the way that your blemish is working out in her favor because maybe she lost her appetite for a low-carb salad. So, and go find... And, and you know what? Clean up your resume. After your cold sore goes away, start doing some interviews because you're, you're we're done with this place. You're not being unprofessional for the record. This is just some, some dumb bitch, you know, doing her thing. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. How can I get my employer to raise my pay to match my male colleagues instead of lowering their pay to match mine? Wait, what? I'm a 16-year-old girl hired to lifeguard at my local pool for $12.50 an hour. Another teen girl, Natasha, was hired later at the same rate. I recently learned we were both being paid less than two male lifeguards, Steve and Tony, who were both hired... After both of us at $14 an hour. I am friends with Steve and Tony. We are the same age. We have the same prior experience. We all work part-time doing exactly the same job. I emailed the pool manager company and asked to be paid as the same as Steve and Tony. The pool company then asked me for my availability. for Which was strange because they already had our schedules. The pool company then lowered Steve's hourly rate to $12.50 and Tony's to $13. And raised Natasha's to $13. They did not change my rate. The pool company claimed they had reviewed our availability and this triggered the new pay rates, but I was not any less available to work than the boys were. And the company had never before indicated our wage would fluctuate based on availability. Also, they never explained exactly what kind of availability qualified for each hourly rate, and it felt like they were looking for an excuse for which why I was being paid less. After doing some research online, I sent another email pointing out that it's illegal to pay different wages to men and women doing the same job and also illegal to reduce wages of either sex to equalize their pay. Ooh. The pool company then said they were going to start paying all of us $13.50 an hour with a bonus for anyone completing over a certain number of hours that is still lower than the wage Steve and Tony were hired at. I believe I should be paid $14 hours, $14 an hour retroactive to the day I began working. What do you think? Well, 
it sounds like many different levels that there's some type of if you you'd have to prove that there's wage wage discrimination, which can be a hard thing to do. Now it sucks that the males got basically screwed out of money. So you bitch moaned and complained that the males were making more money. All right, I'll give you that. I will totally give you that. That if 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 it's true that you guys were all, I mean I don't know. What, here's the thing. They could be going. They could be going in saying we will not do this job. Here's the thing: males are more likely to negotiate. It's just a proven fact. We're more likely to negotiate. We're more likely to say no. We're le- we're more disagreeable. So maybe the company was like, well, we'll pay you thirteen dollars or thirteen fifty an hour. The males are like, no, we were not going to do it for, do it for less than fourteen. And the company's like, well, we need employees. Okay, fine. You were coming in willing to to work for this amount of money, and they offered it to you, and you took it. Whereas maybe you would, they would offer to you, and you would have said no. They're just gonna, the company's gonna hire you for what you're willing to work at, and maybe you set your expectations too low. Okay. Now, if it was wage discrimination, all right, we'll go that route. Now, if they offered Steve or Tony or whatever. an hour right off the bat and offered you $12.50 an hour right off the bat, then there's an argument to be had there. But I'm just trying to look at the angles here. If there's wage discrimination based on just, oh, chicks, $12.50 an hour, you know they'll take it. And these dudes, okay. Then you have have something there. But it's just a matter of maybe Steve and Tony will be like, we're going to work there. We're not taking anything less than 14 and you showed up and said, I'm just going to take, 12.50 is fine. That's what, they're, that's what they're offering me. I'll take it. You could have said no, and they could have bumped it up. That's truth. But now Steve's getting screwed out of freaking uh, an extra $1,000 because you said something, which is not your fault. That's not your fault. Your money should have went up. It, first of all, how you found out, you're not supposed to find out other people's wages. You're not. But somehow you did from whatever I just read, and they dropped his uh they dropped one of their monies down. So he could be pissed and quit and go work somewhere else. It sucks. I feel bad for the dude. Um but I mean shit. I mean yeah, I'm not gonna take any fault there's there's a little more, this is kind of, it's a little more gray to me because I don't know, there's more, there's always more details to this story. They could have been offered your amount and they said, no, we won't work for less than $14 an hour. And the company said, okay. But then maybe the ba- the company went to cut co- to cover their asses and reduced their pay, which is also a dick move. But there's more, I'm not going to have, a, there's no conclusive thought, uh, I don't have a conclusion, a, a cl- conclusive opinion to this piece right here because I think there's more that's not being said or more information that's not being disclosed that you may not be aware of. So, if there's more, I could give you. I'm not just gonna say wa- ra- wage discrimination right off the bat. It could have been they wanted 14, they got it. You were perfectly okay with taking 1250. Uh, but I will say for sure that lowering Steve and Tony's pay is full bullshit. Full bullshit. Let's move on to the next one. How can I get my sister to repay me for the renovations I did to let her son live with me? My sister separated from her husband and moved across the country. Her teenage son did not want to go with her or live with his father. So she asked me to convert an unused floor of my house into a place for him to stay. I explained that I couldn't afford to do that, so she agreed to reimburse me for the renovations, which cost $10,000. I charged the full amount to my credit card, and credit cards, excuse me, and her son moved in. Now my sister refuses to repay me, claiming she never made the agreement. She even got her elderly father involved and called me a liar. I am broke from the pandemic and need the money. She is wealthy. What can I do? Well, <sighs> legally you don't have a case. Legally, you don't have a case, and if there's not, if there's, if the kid did, well, he didn't sign a lease, 
So he's there at your will. And if you don't, if there's no such thing as squatter's rights, then it's basically this: pay me ten grand, or he leaves. He gets kicked out. That's it. That is that. You did her a huge favor. You guys apparently agreed or didn't agree to the ten thousand dollars. And it seems like nobody's budging. So be like, all right, well you got you've got two weeks to submit payment, or he's gone. And he doesn't legally live here. I mean, maybe he changed his address, but there's no contract there. So it's not really like an eviction thing. It's just like, he's just shacking up here. Well, guess what? You can go now. Thanks. Because he's already, he's using your water. He's eating your food. He's using your electricity to charge his phone. So basically, she's not going to help you. You're not going to help her. That's pretty open and shut to me. If there's more information, I'd like to know. From what, you're, from what I see here, the kid can kick rocks. And so can your sister. Why do my husband and friends keep telling me to slow down when I drive? <laughs> Backseat drivers are an absolute pet peeve of mine. No argument here. I have been driving for 20 years. So have I, and I'm not, I'm not really that great of a driver. And I've never been in an accident. Okay, I, I might have been in one. Except one time when I hit a mailbox with my side mirror. That's an accident. So you said you'd never been in an accident, and then you just told us that you were in an accident. Okay. And never have had a ticket, except that one time in upstate New York. Okay, so you said now that you've never had a ticket, and then except that one time in upstate New York, so you have had a ticket. So you said that you'd never had an accident, but you were in an accident. Then you said you never had a ticket, but you've actually had a ticket. All right. So... And now you're telling us that you've been driving for 20 years. Okay. I'm not an aggressive driver. I let people into my lane all the time. I don't try to drive fast, but I am busy and frequently late to things and do try to keep up with the other cars around me. Okay. All right. So what? You, you're not an aggressive driver. You let people in your lane. I don't try to drive fast, but you're busy and you're frequently late to things. So obviously you don't prepare very well. All right, your 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 whole argument is fucking falling apart here. I'm not a virgin, but this one time, however, from the way the friends some friends react when they're in my car, you'd think I'm Danica Patrick. Danica Patrick's actually a very good driver. That's she was in NASCAR. So you're not Danica Patrick because Danica Patrick is a very good driver at high rate of speeds. And my husband is the worst. He constantly makes comments, stop tailgating, slow down, you're driving really fast. And when he's not verbalizing his thoughts, I can see him bracing for the impact by grabbing the handle above the car door. People's constant feedback about my driving is getting me on my last nerve. How can I instill in them the confidence to enjoy the ride when I am behind the wheel? Simple. Stop fucking driving. You're a terrible driver. You're... Stop tailgating. Tailgating is so blatant. When you're tailgating, there's no gray area. If you're doing 70 miles per hour and you're one or two lane, car lanes behind, that's tailgating. And it is a ticketable offense. Tailgaters are douchebags. Now, I tailgate it, don't get me wrong. But once I realize it's because generally I don't want to slow down by using my brakes, so I kind of coast away. But you're not a great driver. And I just said right off the bat that I'm not really that great of a driver, okay? I have a, I have a Ford Mustang GT convertible with a lot of body roll and a Lincoln town with a Lincoln Continental with even more body roll. Okay? And it's an old man's car, so I wander in lanes. It's like I'm gonna go this way. I'm gonna go that way. But I'm admitting it right off the bat. You, miss, are a shit driver. You're a shit driver, you're constant denial, and you're a massive fucking hypocrite. I've never been in an accident. Except that one time. Never had a ticket. Except that one time. I'm Danica Patrick. No, you're not. So, you're a shit driver, and you need to admit that. First first step is acceptance. First step is acceptance. I'm not an alcoholic, except for that one time. Lady, you got problems. I don't know what else to tell you. But, yeah, you're not very good. Um, as far as what you should do... Well, you should definitely stop tailgating. 
you should definitely slow down. And if you are driving really fast because you're constantly late to things, which you state very clearly because you're busy, and you're trying to keep up with the other cars around you, are you on the fucking Autobahn? Well, I would just stop driving then. You're getting on your last nerve? Well, they're probably getting on your last nerve. And maybe you're adamant about constantly driving all the time. Let somebody else drive. Let somebody else do the work. And maybe you should consider taking a class or maybe just consider... Maybe you are... Consider the fact... If you actually consider the fact that you are a shitty driver, maybe you'll consider doing something about it. But that's about as far as it goes. And you're obviously... If somebody does give you advice or give you the truth, you're not going to accept it. You just... You don't seem like that person. So... See ya, lady. Shout out to Danica Patrick. That is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. You can hit me up on my all my uh, YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, and, of course, the all-new Positive Sarcasm Reactions. I just dropped a new one this morning or yesterday morning. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Go ahead and look it up anyways if you're into that type of music, if you're into that type of channel. You can hit me up with my social medias, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, which I'm almost never on. Um, you can also email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. You can like, subscribe, share on all the platforms. If you want to just check out the audio platform because you like driving a lot, you can hit me up. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Google, uh, Spotify, anywhere. iHeartRadio, anywhere where podcasts are available, you can find the Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Garen fucking teed. You can also go to my website and check out all my stuff there. You can also download and stream the Positive Sarcasm podcast directly from my website, PositiveSarcasm.com. Note that I said Positive Sarcasm about 52 times right there. Positive Sarcasm. Um, Questions, concerns, comments, email me directly or contact me directly through my website. I see and I try to respond to everything that I can. Um, So thank you for that. But yeah, questions, concerns, comments, recommendations, donations. Those are always, always appreciated. Movie reviews, posing music. Whatever you need. Uh, I'm happy to support you guys as long as you are here to support me. Um, and if you have questions or concerns or Q&A that you want to do or any comments or any articles that you recommend, go ahead and email me, email them to me or send me the link. Or drop them in my DMs, whatever you want to do. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. And I'll talk to you all in the next video. Recorded here from the jazzy spare parts studio this has been a positive sarcasm presentation